Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number 34 of the Honest Therapist podcast. So today I'm recording the kids are home on school holidays on their spring break is how my some of my American clients would call it. And uh, so we will see how we go. We'll see if we get interrupted. I have given them some screen time because we are all exhausted and we're all actually feeling a little bit under the weather and a bit blur. So you know what? Mummy's on her screen. Kids can have a little bit of time as well. Just kind of being a bit couch potatoy today. So anyway, I hope this episode reaches you and you are feeling well and vibrant wherever you are in the world. I wanted to record this episode um, because I was really inspired this week to write an article on my Substack uh, about the dynamics of family relationships. This is a topic that I speak a lot about. I've spoken, spoken, spoken extensively over the years on this. It's a huge part of my story. Um, and if you go back and you listen to episode 21, 22, you'll be able to dig a bit deeper into my story. I share a lot of my, my story with you, my, my journey through, uh, you know, challenges as a young person and the sometimes really, really harrowing and fraught and toxic and just horrible family relationships and dynamics and patterns that I've worked really, really hard to break out of. So yeah, this is a conversation, a theme that you will see in all of my writing in a lot of my podcasts. Um, and when I've been a guest on other people's podcasts as well, I often get asked to speak about this. I also seem to attract a lot of women in my mentoring work who have mother wounds, who have really challenging family dynamics. And so I'm often asked to impart wisdom and to share uh, from being a few steps further along on the road to them or many, many, many years ahead of them if they're just starting to question some of the dynamics in their family uh, of origin. So, yeah, it, it's a conversation that's come up again this week and I felt inspired to just sit down and write. So there is an article over on Substack. If you don't follow me over there on Make Life Wonderfilled, please, please go and do it. It's all free. It's my longer form writing if you really enjoy sitting down and absorbing yourself in old school, like blog style writing, then that would be a really cool space to hang out. I also have a chat and threads and different things over there um, for my community. So head over to Substack and you can read the article or as I said, I'm going to record this and you can listen to it in audio. So here we go. Blood, this is the title. The title is Blood is Thicker Than Water, but it can also leave unwanted stains and stick like shit. I know. Punchy title, hey? Um, yeah, you know, sometimes I just, some words flow out of me and I'm like, yes, that sums it up beautifully. So let's dive into the article. So today I had a conversation with someone about her fears and some old patterns that she has had since she was a small girl. Reactions that are deeply embedded that she could not recognize as her own, but those passed on to her by her parents. And these were pattern that, patterns that she was saying to me were things she wanted to start shifting. She didn't want to own these anymore. She didn't want to carry these. These were not hers. They were gifted to her 
by her parents, who in this case are immigrants. And so, you know, as all of, we all do, we, we get passed down generational stuff um, that's not ours always to hold. So she was starting to recognize this and we were having a really great conversation about the awareness that it takes to get to a point where you can actually even notice this stuff. And as we were talking, this conversation really threw me back to a time in my life where I too was navigating myself out of some really well-worn, well-worn dynamics in my family of origin. Uh, A time when I was well fed up with the role that I had been assigned as the middle child mediator and rescuer in our family. And it was a time where I could see no other way of extricating myself from these looping patterns than to take time out of the dynamic altogether. You know, I was thinking back when I was writing this piece that, you know, had I tried everything before, had I, had I given other strategies a burl to see if we could change the generational trauma that was happening, being passed down from generation to generation. No, probably not. You know, probably not. I was 26 years old and I didn't know what I didn't know. I knew that it wasn't right. I'd known from a very, very young age that it wasn't right, that these patterns were unresourceful, unhelpful, toxic to everybody involved, that, you know, this whole like victim mentality was not serving our family. I knew that, but I didn't really know what to do about that. I'd never had it role model to me that it could be any other way. And, you know, the way we dealt things with things in our family was to either just ignore that they were even happening um, or to um, subtly manipulate and target certain people in our family. And and there was just a lot of blame and a lot of victim mentality. So it wasn't that I was like, I've tried everything and now I need to separate and have some time away. It wasn't that. It was more like a catalytic tantrum that spun me onto my own healing journey. It was like a volcano. I just erupted from the pressure from 26 years of this pressure building. And I erupted over a comment that was said to hurt me. Just one comment after a million comments that just kind of put the final nail in the coffin where I was just like, no more, nah, I'm not putting up with this BS anymore. I'm out. And I literally did. I stormed out of that house. I got in my car and I drove away and I actually forgot that my husband was still sitting there at the dinner table the poor guy until he messaged me and said, can you come back and get me? But that's what it was. And a lot of stuff ensued from there, but I eventually, I eventually ceased communication with my mother and my brother for what turned into many years. That was not intentional, but it ended up being what was needed for me to figure out who I was without doing the dance that we had always done. So it's been 14 years since I put that very firm boundary in place to save myself. And, you know, when I was writing save myself, I was like, oh, that's a bit dramatic, but I don't mean saving myself in the literal sense of saving my life, but I really saved my sanity. I saved my soul. You see, we sometimes have to create the distance 
from these really important relationships in order to hear ourselves again. That's what I had to do. And those relationships have since changed and evolved again over those 14 years. I now have a really lovely, still somewhat guarded and definitely not super close relationship with my mother. I'm really grateful that she's in my life and she's in my children's lives. My brother and I still don't speak. And I hope one day we do. Maybe as we both mellow with age and soften into our regrets and apologies and admissions. But as I spoke with this client, this beautiful woman, about how she is navigating, taking deliberate action to remove herself from contact with her mother and the inevitable feelings and backlash that come with that. I just remember it all so, so vividly for me. It's so big and so layered and deep. The fear, the doubts, the overanalysis, the sadness, the grief, the loss, the guilt. And I've spoken and written about this topic, as I said, extensively over the years. And the reason I do this is in the hope that someone out there who is feeling a containership load of guilt about considering cutting off family members stumbles across it and feels less alone, less guilty and maybe more certain in their reasons for doing so. I wish I had seen, read, heard about this back when I was navigating this territory, because I felt lost, very, very lost. And I also felt very certain all at the same time, but I had not seen anyone else making this decision. And that that was unsettling, that was unnerving, that created a a sense of discombobulation. So we, those of us who make the decision to have a break from our origin families or to cut off connection forevermore, we do so against a tide, tidal wave actually, of guilt and grief. We have to learn how to exist in a new way without those old, familiar, yet toxic patterns. And it can be incredibly lonely when you lose the most constant people in your world, no matter how toxic they were, no matter how unhealthy the the relationships were. So, you know, you have to, you have to rewire yourself from the inside out, how to be in, react to, and see the world in a new way. You then have to deal with the societal pressure that comes to maintain family relationships. You know, the, the narrative of an ungrateful daughter, you know, that was one that played out over and over for me. And so if you're considering this, please be prepared for that coming towards you. The good daughter turned bad, you know, and you may receive a lot of messages or letters or, you know, Messages on the grapevine, like I did, about how awful a human I was and how that I was so ungrateful and that I shouldn't be cutting my mum off and da 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 da. It's quite mind blowing going back and thinking about some of the stuff that I received. I still can't believe the audacity of some of the women that contacted me. Because we're told repeatedly, you know, that blood is thicker than water. And I've been really thinking about this today, this week after this conversation. Now I know that blood is thicker than water scientifically and literally this is the case, but figuratively I have decided 
that it must, like this is just BS. So if I decided it must be truth, right? Jokes. But this is steeped in so much BS that it astounds me that so many people still live by it and spout it out to those of us who do so desperately need a mental health reprieve from our family members. Those of us who have continued to show up, rescue, mediate, be the punching bag, who are ignored, are gaslit, are manipulated, are treated like a slave. We should actually respond with this. Blood is thicker than water, but it can also leave unwanted stains and stick like shit. Yes, blood can also be life-giving and nourishing, but why do we assume that our family relationships always fall into this category? Why does blood family or family of origin in any design automatically mean best family? I mean, think about it. Most abuse occurs at the hands of people we know and love, mainly family members. Our family also knows better than anyone how to push our buttons and how to hurt us. Our origin family are usually the ones who take us most for granted because we've always been there and they'll just assume we always will be there. So knowing this, and I mean, the stories we hear, right? When we talk to our girlfriends, we talk to, or we read things on the internet. I mean, even, um, you know, the stories we see in movies and in books, like this, just the story and the narratives of how our origin family can be such a beautiful place of healing sometimes, but mostly a real source of pain. So how about we just put that outdated, old, inaccurate saying to bed and acknowledge that our closest relationships can be the cruelest we will ever have to endure. Can we please allow those who have made the really tough, because it's never, it's never not tough to step out of the shadow of your family. Those who've made that really tough decision to protect themselves and their well-being. And in many cases, their children and their partners, can we give those people the grace to explore and live that decision until they feel ready to reconnect or not? Can we trust that they're doing what is best for them and that they have their reasons? Cause by jingoes, it's a road that I wish upon no one. It's really, as I said, a really tough road full of doubt and fear and grief and loss and pain and uncertainty and loneliness and all of the things. Now, having said that, I am so grateful that some spark inside me fired up that day when I was 26 and I chose myself, my partner, my future children over the shitty generational behaviors and attitudes being handed to me. It's a road that has, as I said, been fraught with doubt and at times overwhelming grief. You know, when I've looked around and had none of my family at the table, you know, when I think too much about the grandmother and the uncle that missed the very first few years of my kids' lives and, you know, every cell in my body weeps, being that family is a top value. And then so inevitably the question comes to me from every woman that I talk to about this, Um, in in podcast interviews with friends, I get asked if deciding to cut off family for those years, knowing 
that I did the right thing for myself and my my family of origin that I sorry my family that I was creating if it ever gets you to a place of 100% peace and happiness and this is what I share when I'm asked that question I do not believe you ever get to a place of complete peace and happiness when you have decided to remove yourself from a toxic family member especially a parent I do not think we do in my experience and in talking to others in the same situation, reading other people's stories, we just, we just learn to live with the grief and sadness of what we will never have. And at the same time have to learn how to accept what is. I can grieve for the family members that I dream of, like the ideal picture of the family that I want. I can dream of that and also Now that I've done so much healing myself, I also have the added experience of being a mother myself. I have come to a place where I appreciate what my mum did do, what my brother did do, what they could do, what, what they were able to do, what my father was able to do, what they were taught and given from their families. Like I'm in that place where I can see that now I can see their limits. I can understand how they show love differently to how I'd like them to. So I, so I can get to a place and I hope you can too, where you accept what is, and you can also allow yourself to feel the sadness and the grief for what you wish you had for what you dream of. Right. So I can look at these family members and be like, okay, well they send a birthday card to my kids every year, even if they don't call them for three, four, five, six months at a time, I can see that they're not that interested in my babies and asking them questions and seeing how their day's been, but they bring them chocolates to show their love, right? I can, I've got to a place where I can say that's what they can live. That's their, sorry, that's what they can give. That's their capacity. So we take that and we can be grateful for that and still acknowledge the part of us that wants more. I do believe that we will always, even when we are like 80 years old, Wish that our family could have given us what we craved, love, unconditional acceptance, support, cheering, safety, whatever it is for you. Like our inner child wants us to have that happy, loving family that get along, support each other, show up when needed, but also know the boundaries and respect one another, et cetera, et cetera. I just think we, I think we'll always crave that. But in the meantime, We must create the families that we desire. We must decide for ourselves how we proceed with our relationships. It's important to note here that we don't create these fractures in our families out of spite or revenge. It really truly must only come from a place of like self-preservation and a desire to halt unhealthy patterns and relating. Like cutting people off in our lives to make them feel our pain or to stick the proverbial knife in only festers inside us and damages our own psyches and hearts. And so in wrapping up, I'm really aware that people listening to this will be thinking, well, how are you going to manage when your own child does this to you? Right? Because I think about that a lot. If and when that occurs. So the answer really I have at this this stage in my life and my journey is, As well as I can, I'll manage it and deal with it as well as I can with what I've learned from my own experiences and therapy. 
because I'm really aware that at some point my children will come to me with their hurts and their questions about how they were raised and things that occurred during their childhood. And I think that is really healthy. And I hope that they feel they can. And I will listen and I will apologize for the hurt. I will not defend myself and try to over explain. I will acknowledge their experience is true for them and I will ask how I can do better and then I'll do better. And that's what I've got at the moment. And they may also choose at some time in the future to have some distance from me and I have to accept that and I have to respect that because the other option is to force a relationship and push them away. So don't worry, I, dear listener, I have thought about this at length. And I hope that I can gift them what I was not gifted. And I hope that I can see them and their experience and put my own to the side as we navigate that. But I just hope, ideally hope, that I have shown my children two things already in their early lives. That I am human and I make mistakes, but that I can apologize and repair and try better. So that in the future, if they are hurt or they have something they need to share with me about what I've done in how I raised them, that they remember that, that oh, wow, she she never pretended to be perfect. And I remember when she would apologize and I know she could do that and I know that she can repair our relationship. So I feel safe to bring that to her. And the second thing is I hope that I've shown them that they have a voice in our family and things are not, if things are not right and things are not helping them thrive, things can change and that they can ask for things to change and then things do change. And finally, I hope that any stains that are left from their childhood can be washed out with validation, acceptance, listening and love in their adult years. Because at the end of the day, we're all doing the best with what we have, but we can also do better. And so that's what I have to say about family dynamics and relationships and blood being thicker than water and the journey of holding grief and also accepting what is and the, the strength it takes to create new dynamics and to create the family and relationships that you do desire and the challenges of not slipping into ego and revenge and wanting to make the other hurt. It's really big. So there you go. My two bobs were as always, I hope this guides you aids you in some way. And I would love to hear your aha moments, your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences of this. It's a really challenging human experience. And it's not one that I think is talked about enough or honored enough. It's very much judged. So please know you always have a safe space in my DMs, in my email. Please join my Substack space where I write these sort of longer form pieces and yeah, I hope this lands softly in your heart. 
and I hope to hear from you soon. Talk to you in the next episode. Take care.